Why? Is it because she's flitty and goes from place to place? I think it's because hummingbirds are beautiful. Is it because she gets her nectar from many sources? That's oh. the real question. <laughs> That's why he's so protective. Okay. No. <laughs> Couldn't be his honor or her honor. <laughs> he, he has to fight for her. He, it, because otherwise she'll just straight up leave. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, sorry, getting back wow, into it. Damper. <laughs> getting back into it, sorry. <laughs> My vibes are gone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm guest Patrick. That's right. Guest, guest dad Patrick here. Pat, we've been friends for a long time. It's It's been great to have you. It's great to have you on the show for the first time. And this is like, you're like a, a first time listener and a first time guest too, because you don't really listen, right? I, I watched two. I, I listened to two. I listened to two. <laughs> I do have that credit well, thank to you. me. Thank you for listening to those two. Uh, it was my yeah. pleasure. It, it was a very long car ride to Oregon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which two did you listen to? Uh, I listened to the Spider-Man one and nice. Spider-Man 2. So there was both Spider-Mans. Oh, perfect. Nice. Okay, perfect. I think we need to go back to the Spider-Man well. People, yeah. people really seem to like people, those. Yeah, people dig Spider-Man. We like Spider-Man. They're the best. Yeah, yeah. he's the best. I love that guy. Um, sand, but, but, I have no words. Um, <laughs> well, you better have some words. <laughs> you better have some words because we're here talking. It's our second episode for our Maximum Cage series. Maximum Cage. And for this, we have chosen Con Air from One wrong flight can ruin your whole day. <laughs> or just one that? movie. Just one movie can ruin your whole day. I mean, <laughs> this is a Nicolas Cage movie we're talking about. That's right. We're talking to Cage. So, so our first episode was uh, was Moonstruck, revelatory performance from from a young Cage there, and we're coming up at him again ten years later after he's kind of achieved Hollywood superstardom. Um, and, and his hairline this... has receded significantly. But it, it, as it's kind of gone backwards, it's sort of come out the back. You know, like the hair yeah. just gets longer while there's less of it. It's just it's 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 like Gollum esque. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of talking about choosing this this movie. Uh, I wanted to do Moonstruck from the start to show like how promising and cool and, and kind of off the wall he was, and then I wanted to show him peak peak Cage, like his stardom, which is right around here. Because like before this, we have wait he does this this three movie run. So he does this. He's got The Rock, and he's got one other action movie that Face happens. Off. Face Off, yeah. yeah, all in like this two year period. Face Off came out like three weeks after this. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. <laughs> What a year. So he's obviously like transitioned from romantic lead moving straight into action star. And we're finding him right there. And he's uh, he's making some choices. We'll get into those choices in this movie here. But before we go full maximum cage on you, we're going to talk about what what we or our kids have been watching. Patrick, as a guest, uh, what have you and your, or your kids been watching? The last movie that they watched was Kung Fu Panda, which was a, a huge mistake. Um, because <laughs> My eldest is determined to be the bad guy. And my middle child, who he has declared to be the good guy because he can beat him up. Um, that hasn't gone very well. Um, and then for shows, they've just been watching If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, which... Oh, that's I, a great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, well. It's wonderful until you hear the theme song for like the eight, 50th time. It's just like, I know what happens if you give a mouse a cookie. You guys give it away every time. 
<laughs> you need to bury the lead a little bit more. I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> you guys already wrote a book about it. The book was so much better. <laughs> you see, that that's a 1,000-word article I would read. The, yeah. co- the comparison between the Give Your Mouse a Cookie book and TV show. It's a whole empire, though. Like It's not just if oh, you no. give a mouse a There's cookie. There's like the moose one. There's the moose one. There's yeah. also if you give a pig a panda. Uh, if what? you give a cat a pancake. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 A pig's not eating a panda. panda. Sorry. No, this is where you give a mouse a cookie and Kung Fu Panda collide into this yeah. marvelous cinematic collapse. Yeah. It'd be amazing. It'd <laughs> be wonderful. Now, we, now, we've never done Kung Fu Panda on the show, but I, I showed this to my daughter uh, four or five months ago, and she loved it. She was edge of her seat. Like, she adored this movie. And yeah. I had just the best time watching it. Like, this is, we, I really want to do this movie. I have never seen Kung Fu Panda. What? It's really, yeah, I know. Surprising. I know. The story of Letney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, we have Letney on the pod all the time, and I don't know his story. You don't know his backstory. Yeah, Raised by a humble noodle shop owner, <laughs> poised to become the hero of Japan, <laughs> China. Sorry, China. What else? What What, what else have, have you guys been been watching? I see here you have written down something else. Uh oh. My kids haven't really been watching anything else. They'll watch like and tiny desk concerts i myself have on my own time been watching the last kingdom which i can't in good conscience recommend to anyone but it's fun what is that yeah so it's essentially netflix realized that amazon prime or the history channel did great with vikings and they're like we don't have a viking show so they did this viking show with this guy who was baptized a christian but kidnapped by danes it's kind of like almost a saint patrick kind of guy except the other way he becomes pagan and oh it, all the actors look like they were found in a coffee shop. They got the man buns and the, it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Love the man bun. So it's not as brutal as, as Vikings. Oh, it's still brutal. It's just, if, if you got all, if you got a bunch of hipsters together to do like a cinematic, uh, gory film, that's what, that's what this would be. It is very gory. I see. I see. I can't say I'm going to give that one a shot no, <laughs> based on <off> your recommendation. <laughs> it, is, it is a guilty pleasure. I, I, I don't say it proudly. Well, today, there's no guilt here. No guilt here. That's true. That's true. I actually do have a little bit of guilt about my next one. Oh, okay. Um, today, I just wanted to watch a movie with my daughter. It was like midday. It's my day off. And I just wanted to watch like a movie and sit down and just chill out for a bit. And a Disney movie I'd never seen was the original like 1952 Alice in Wonderland. You'd never seen <clears throat> no. Alice in Wonderland? And it's funny because I've seen every other Disney movie, like literally ever, oh. every other animated movie. This is just not one we had. And oh. I, I asked my wife, I said, I said, hey, what do you, do you know this one? She goes, yeah, I don't really like it. I said, okay, well, I'll try it. I turned it on and um, I hate this movie. <laughs> This this movie this movie flat out sucks. Like it, I I love the Alice in Wonderland story. I love Through the Looking Glass. I I love a lot of incarnations of the story because it's it's so weird and cool and sometimes it can be creepy and sometimes it can be funny. It's so surreal and absurd. And this I was watching this like did no one ever did no one read this story? <laughs> Did no one even read this? This doesn't make any sense at all. Like, at least the original book had had some semblance of like of like this dreamy quality. This is just random bits of of forced together songs with terrible, terribly animated dance numbers. Yeah, like it's really bad. The songs are unmemorable. <laughs> I, I, look, it was thirty five minutes in. I am actively standing up, kind of walking around my living room, and I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be over soon. It's going to be over soon. We just got through the caterpillar, which is one of the most painful things I've ever had to sit through. 
I can't tell you the number of times they just went back and forth over the same joke where he's exhaling out the hookah smoke, which is also weird in a kid's movie, but he's exhaling out hookah smoke in the vowels, you know, the A-D-I-O-U and sometimes Y, but he keeps saying why and he keeps doing that and then it hits Alice in the face and then Alice coughs and it happened like four times. I was like, okay, we need, we need something else. And I paused it. And we weren't, we weren't quite halfway through. And I said, no, I'm done. I said, I'm done. And my daughter's like, what? No, I liked it. I said, no, I don't care. I don't care. I hate this. Dad hates this. Dad says no. And we turned it off. And so I feel guilt because I, I, I wasted part of my child's very precious early formative years on something that I despised. I hate this. This is terrible. Wow. Never be re- worst movie Walt Disney's ever been involved in, except for Song of the South. And we know that why that is. But Oh, come on, worst. Black Cauldron. Black no, I Cauldron. love Black Cauldron. I oh love my Black gosh, Cauldron. it is so odd. No, that is I an utter Black travesty. No, oh, it's amazing. Have you have you have you read? Uh, you're, you're being facetious. You have you. I, no, I, I like it a lot, and I've read the book too. Yeah, it is. It is horrific. It's amazing. I've seen corpses that look better than this movie. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> that I think speaks more to the strength of your your uh, your mortuary technician than to the, the movie. Well, I, I do live in a desert, so there, there are quite a few buzzards <laughs> and carcasses, you know. <laughs> well, we should, whenever we do Black Cauldron, we'll have you on. So I hated watching that with my child and I regret it. But something I did watch that I really did enjoy with uh, with my wife was, was Memories of Murder. Um, Ooh, yeah. Bong Joon-ho's oh, is this a movie? movie? It's yes. a movie, yeah. I apologize um, for bringing a TV series in as my example. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> this, this, is, this is anything goes, yeah. right? But so Memories of Murder, like Bong Joon-ho's uh, early masterpiece, I guess you can call it, from from back in the early 2000s. It was impossible to find for forever, except unless you bought like an unlocked region-free DVD off eBay until finally Criterion was able to get a hold of it and put out a beautiful Blu-ray copy of it after Parasite, you know, one best picture and everything. And I, I'd been so excited to see this that over a year ago, I had rented it on Amazon because it was finally available and I've been waiting years to watch it. And... I tried watching it three different times. I always got interrupted and my rental period ran out and I was so angry because I got like 55 minutes in and I couldn't do it. So it went away, finally came out of criteria and I bought it and me and my wife sat down to watch it, get 50 minutes in, interrupted. The same scene. (laughs) The same scene. What? I was so angry. Like it, it wasn't even funny. It was so sad. It wasn't even funny. And so, but we finally, the next night we're like, you know, hell will freeze over. We are going to watch this. And so we finished the movie and um, it was okay. <laughs> it was pretty good. All right. <laughs> it, it drove me crazy. Cause it's, it's like, it's pretty good. Yeah. And I think I would have said it was very good if I had been able to watch it in one cohesive sit down instead of five different viewings over the course of a year and a half. Breaking um, right in the middle every time. Every single time. Yeah. But no, it's it's. I thought it was really good. It's very typical Bong Joon-ho from what we know of him. And I'd like to talk about it in a different space for longer because I, I have a lot more thoughts on it. Yeah. But um, that's what I've been watching. A uh, very frustrating week in the movie watching biz. <laughs> for, for those of us who don't have the Criterion Collection, it is also streaming on Hulu right now. That's Along true. with all of, I think all of Bong Joon-ho's movies I think are so. on Hulu at the moment. I think except for his first movie. Um, yeah. What, what about you, Mike? So, uh, the kids have been watching Bluey. That's all that they watch. They will <laughs> never watch anything other than Bluey. I don't know how to stop. I came in here a few weeks ago and I talked about how wonderful this show is. It's still wonderful. I'm just a thief of joy. I kind of hate it at this point. <laughs> 
One thing that's really annoying about it is that it doesn't autoplay. Oh. So oh, now so my kids know how to use credits. the remote. Oh. And my younger daughter is uh, has turned the TV on in the morning. Oh. Uh, and so that's very, very annoying because she knows how to use it now. And yeah. I mean, I suppose that was going to happen eventually. Yeah. It's not all that difficult to turn on a remote. Yeah. But it's got a red button. Yeah. Yeah. But now she knows how to do it. And uh, so bluey, fooey is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> when when my daughter had figured out how to turn on the TV, I have this TV that, that has this, it's a smart TV. So it usually goes to the hub, but it takes a minute for the hub to load. So it'll just start on whatever like is available. Like I don't have cable, but there are some channels that my TV gets for some reason. Oh yeah. And I don't usually have control. Sometimes it'll just decide that it's going to have a different channel on. Okay. So right now for the past six months, we've had the Vivo country music channel. Oh fun. Which is fine. Cause I, if you turn it on, there's just like a country music video playing and, and it's fun for me to check in on how country stars look less and less country every year that goes by. <laughs> 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 but there was a time when it would, it would start up on the, um, Mystery Science Theater channel, which I which I really enjoyed. Oh yeah, and I also did. They have their own channel. I didn't know this, but they do. Wild. And, and my daughter woke up early one morning and she turned on the TV and didn't know where, what to do. So she sat and watched Mystery Science Theater for an <laughs> unknown amount of time until we woke up. And she frequently talks about a scene featuring a girl and a scary man, and the girl had a hat on. And she talks about this scene every now and then, and we can't get any more details out of her, but it's clear the scene imprinted on her in some way. And I just, I really want to know what it was that she saw when she turned on the TV and watched it for a half an hour without anyone being around. I'm putting the remotes up very high. Yes. Days. They can't reach them without I'm just, me. My I'm just, wife can't reach them. My wife is fairly short. Yeah. And so my wife has to come and get me to get the remotes. I'm just going to take the TV power cable into bed with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what I'm going to do. Just going to burn the TV. Just burn the TV. Yeah. You know, you don't know. Just bring the TV with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for myself, I, uh, I recently watched through the old Batman movies. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah, I'd never seen those before. Like not the Adam West stuff, but like, uh, pre-Christian Bale. Yeah. Pre-Christian Bale with Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer. And I actually haven't seen Batman and Robin yet. Oh, you're saving it. Saving yeah, the best I'm, for last. Saving <laughs> the best for last. Is, that, that's one way to put it. Yeah. Did. Yeah. <laughs> they were very different from my experience of Batman. They're very strange. And yeah. So yeah. Uh, which, which would you say is your favorite? They're all wonderful. Michael Keaton's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like surprisingly curly haired for yeah. a Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so weird. Yeah. He's very you want to get nuts? Smash. Let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I love those. We, we, the first we, one's probably the best. I, it's I think Jack Nicholson is the Joker. But then Danny DeVito is the penguin that's in Batman true. Returns. And that's just, just the most so unhinged gross. performance. <laughs> it's so... I just, there's so few times when someone goes for it as hard as Danny DeVito goes for it as a half penguin, half man <laughs> monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with his little hands. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. I, we'll I've, I've only seen like five minutes of this movie. And it was Danny DeVito trying to put the pin on the lady. And then walking on. <laughs> and that was enough for me. That was enough for me. I was just like, okay. This is awful. I think the suitable word to describe those first two is, is deranged. Yeah, they're totally yes. deranged. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I think that the Batman Forever, as enjoyable as that is, you don't let Jim Carrey go that hard. Oh my gosh. That is he a mistake. He was horrible. <laughs> he was like, like absurd doesn't begin to describe. No, it's clear he, did, he didn't get any direction. He just came on set and just did what he wanted. But Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face was a revelation. I've I can't believe, that. yeah, he, he did that. That was very, very strange. He, Tommy Lee Jones apparently told Jim Carrey when he tried to say hello to him once, something to the effect of like, I, I can't stand you. I, I cannot yeah. support <laughs> your utter absurdity. You are an embarrassment. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, he said He said it was so cutting. Um, no, he hated him on that movie, which, you know what? Honestly, fair. I yeah. almost hate Jim Carrey after yeah. that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't look at him in the eye anymore um but speaking of utter absurdity and insanity that brings us to con air from con 1997 air. thank you for flying con air <laughs> thank you for flying con air i love it when they say the title <laughs> that means it's a good movie title. that you're watching oh, my, my wife just happened to be in the room when that scene came came out she had no interest in watching the movie and that's fair she like, oh oh how this is that's it's that kind of movie. Okay, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that's joking. amazing. I had the exact opposite response with my wife. Um, I was like, "Hey, honey, I'm gonna watch this movie. You're gonna hate it." And uh, I'm not saying she loved it. No, she did. But I am saying that she went from being like, "I'm gonna go to bed right now," to sitting with me till like one in the morning watching wow. Con Air. I, I I only say she loved it because she gave. And shout out to your wife, by the way. It was just an ever-shifting target of taste <laughs> for me. Anyway, I can't nail it down. But she gives Connor five stars. She did? She I didn't see five that. Five stars, I love that woman. She's so wonderful. I saw that last night when I was watching the movie, and it it, it gave me the courage to up mine to four. I was like, good. fuck it. <laughs> I'm in good company. <laughs> five stars. Five stars. Oh, no, geez. it was amazing. Oh. It was like she she sort of like oh, inched boy. into the room and was like sort of hanging around and then she like sort of scooted over and sat down on like the opposite side of the couch for me and then like scooted closer. I was like, this is horrible. This is amazing. This is the best <laughs> movie ever made. Why don't they make more movies like this? Yeah, that was that was how the the conversation went during the movie. There's only so much Nicolas Cage that can go around. <laughs> And all of it was spent on this accent. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think enough was spent on the. I I, I disagree. <laughs> I, I think I think what I think he put so much effort into it that there's a medium amount of effort which would have given you a good southern accent. But then I think he overthought it. <laughs> he like kept trying, and it just kept getting worse. He's like, no, no, I'll just keep going. And then he kept trying, and then I don't think he's ever fully stopped trying. Like to this day, I think he's still trying to perfect this this Alabama accent in his trailers. I don't understand what he's doing here. But okay, so that that this is was this your first? This was my first watch of Con Air. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Also, do, do my first you'd... watch. Yes. Oh, it was on your first watch of Con Air, Pat. What was your first impressions of this movie? What did, what did you think uh, upon, uh, before you started it, after you started it? Before I started it, so I did watch the YouTube uh, YouTube trailer just to get my bearings. I was like, oh, okay, this this actually has some potential. I mean, I don't th commonly think of Nicolas Cage as like the all-star action hero, but you know, we'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll look past the hair. This might be okay. And then I got to the, I got to his accent, which is like five minutes and oh shit 
Okay. Um, and then I, I kept watching the movie, and I, I, w- I will say I was utterly entertained the entire time. At no point was was I like this was this is phenomenal. Like this this director des- deserves an award. But it, I was thoroughly <laughs> entertained by how bad it was. And then at the end, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get that two hours back. But you know, it's it's okay. That, 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 those were my impressions. I mean, what are you going to be doing with this time anyway? Like watching The Last Kingdom? Come on, Pat. Come on. <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> Who needs that? Searching LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do on a Friday night. And just I, I, uh, I pour myself some bourbon, sit down in my favorite chair, and just fire up that LinkedIn, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, mm. So your first impression, Mike, what, what's your first? Five. Five stars. Very good. Five stars. Hundred percent. Love this movie. This is the best movie that I've ever seen. It is everything that I want in a movie. I think that they should have stopped making movies when this was over. They should have put it away. They should have said cinema is over. We've reached. We found it. We found the end of cinema. We found the end of it. It's gone air. It's the beginning of the end. The alpha and the omega. This is the best movie that I've ever seen. That's my first impression of the movie. Very good. That's I love this. I love I love the dynamic opinions. This is why we're doing this. I, I first oh, saw this, I think, when I saw it many times when I was a kid on HBO. I had um at certain points unfettered access to premium movie channels. And I definitely remember seeing many parts of this a lot, but I don't remember actually fully sitting down to watch it until I was in college and sitting down to see it and Always having like a sense of deja vu as I was going through yeah. it. Like, oh yeah, that scene. Oh yeah, that. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And like the scene when they when Steve Buscemi shows up, right? <laughs> in in like his Hannibal Lecter mask. I very, very distinctly remember that. No, I I I've always really liked this movie. I've always thought that it was uh I think pretty bad, but I always thought of that in like a in like a snooty kind of way. And this time when I watched it, I was I was viewing it through the lens of would I have a better time? with something else. And maybe, maybe I would have, but I had such a good time. I know. I couldn't <laughs> argue with the entertainment value. <laughs> minute for minute, this movie is more entertaining than like 80% of movies I've ever seen. So true. Honestly. Like, yeah. and, it, and it needs to be because this camera is moving every second that, that something, this camera's just shooting along. I mean, there's doors closing, people are screaming, getting shot, getting lit on fire. Getting blown up. The number of bullets that are fired inside a pressurized cabin <laughs> and nothing happens is incredible. But this is this has just been around for a long time. I, ever since I was a kid, I can just imagine very clearly the cover of Con Air on like a VHS tape in Blockbuster. You know, Nick Cage front and center. Then there's, you know, John Cusack and John Malkovich. And then the, the big plane with the prop and then the guy with the two guns in the middle. And I just remember seeing that as like, a, a you know, this 97. So I was like five. And I remember just being like, that's the coolest movie ever. <laughs> and then right next to it on the shelf is The Rock. And I'm like, ooh, that might be the coolest movie ever. And then next to it is Face Off. I'm like, well, that might actually be the coolest movie ever. Hang on. <laughs> um, but I wanted to pick this one, especially after doing Moonstruck, because there, there are, I think, uh, nine different iterations of charting Nick Cage that you could do in a three, in a three-part series. And... Each one of those would have a different midpoint. You could do a midpoint of Face Off, you do a midpoint of The Rock, you do a midpoint of a ton of stuff. But I like Con Air because it is the most jarring whiplash 
between Moonstruck <laughs> and this movie. It's, it's the weirdest thing that you, that you could see. Um, but anyway, okay, uh, let, let's get into it. So this is directed by Simon West, who is uh, previously known as kind of like a, a music video director. And I just wanted to share, he directed this video. Of course he did. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yep. All right. I'm just listening. I, I love this. So in case you're not up on your internet culture, he directed the Rick Roll music video. Yeah. Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Um, and from there gets this movie. He does some other work. That's not he, important. He Rick Rolled his way into... <clears throat> into Hollywood. Into... Con Air. And his movies uh, really started to make a lot of money. Like this one makes like... 175 million off of a pretty modest budget, which is amazing that an R-rated action movie makes that much money in the 90s, but that was just the kind of time we lived in. Um, and after that, it's a it's a pretty slow decline. Pretty slow. Next movie, this is his first movie. Next movie, The General's Daughter with John Travolta makes a lot of money. Movie after that, Laura Croft Tomb Raider makes a lot of money. Then When a Stranger Calls, loses money. Mechanic loses money. Expendables 2, not good. Stolen, wild card. Gunshy, Stratton. Now we're getting into movies I've never heard of. And then we finally come to this movie called Skyfire. Now, Simon West is an English um, director. He only really works in action movies with the exception of When a Stranger Calls, which is a horror movie. But he can't get work, I guess, in, in English-speaking countries. So Skyfire and his upcoming film, The Legend Hunters, are Chinese um, ventures with all Chinese casts <laughs> funded oh. by China. <laughs> oh, This is what happens when a 90s action director cannot make it anymore <laughs> he goes over to uh to china oh. <clears throat> so skyfire i i'm not mm. certain what this movie is it made a bunch of money but the legend hunters is an upcoming action movie and i just wanted to share what this is about uh it's actually not here oh yeah here it is premise the film follows a team of adventurers as they try to raid a tomb made by master tomb raiders Oh, interesting. <laughs> Seems like he might be going back over some old ground here. I think he really likes tombs and the rating of those tombs. But also, I guess it's actually based on like some some YA uh, Chinese novels. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. I, this guy's career is insane. <laughs> I just wanted to bring him up real quick. So that's Simon West, uh, but it also is uh, written by Scott Rosenberg. Don't know much about the guy. I didn't do any research. Did you do any research? Uh, no, I just wrote the names down. Oh, good for you, dude. Yeah. Um, Last time I did the research and put it up there, you started reading what I wrote, and that it was, was just horrible. It was awesome. It was horrible. It was so funny. Yeah. I loved it. You're a funny writer. Aww, it was a compliment to you. It was so sweet. <laughs> it's like when you called me a, a smartass. It was like, oh, you think I'm smart. You were being a smartass. All right. So we got, we got Nick Cage here starring as Cameron Poe. We have uh, McKelty Williamson as Baby O. Uh, John Cusack, Cole Meany, and Rachel Ticontin. Mike, did you want to bring up who Rachel Ticontin is? Yeah, uh, so she is, she's just in a lot of 90s movies um, where she plays generally a cop or a detective, but I recognized her because she is in Falling Down, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Is she the mom in that one? She, no, she's the, if, you, if you've seen the movie, she is the she's like- that? Robert Duvall's the, yeah her his protege right. friend they've got kind of a a father daughter relationship there right um, and she's also in Man on Fire and Total Recall I so, do remember her in Man on Fire yeah, yeah. she's also in, in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants one and two uh, in in Man on Fire she is the she is the detective and she's sleeping with the reporter yeah right 
And then you mentioned Cicero to the Traveling Pants 1 and 2. I know one movies and two. near and dear to your heart. <laughs> Some of my favorites. <laughs> what listeners might not know is that we are a brotherhood of, of a traveling um, uh, water bottle. Yeah. Sometimes you leave a water bottle here. It's true. And then sometimes you pick it up. I'm pretty sure you have one of my water bottles. You keep saying that, but I don't. You don't let me ransack your house. So <laughs> this I, is a I brotherhood. You need to trust me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about that. But we have now the bad guys here. We got John Malkovich as Cyrus the Virus. Nick Chinlin as Billy Bedlam. Bing Rames as Di- Diamond Dog. Dave Chappelle as pin- pin- Pinball. <laughs> really doesn't sound as good after those two guys. Pinball. <laughs> I was so surprised that Dave Chappelle was in this movie. Just shows up. Yeah, he just, he's been doing this to me lately. Like he was in, uh, he he's in uh, You've Got Mail. Oh, that's right. He's, he's in You've Got, no one yeah. ever told me that he was in You've Got Mail. Yeah. And then I just saw it. I was like, wait, that's Dave Chappelle. It's like when you watch A Star is Born and you're like, what are you doing here, Dave Chappelle? Yeah. Why are you best friends with Bradley Cooper? Like, you're not supposed to be in movies. You've got a show. It's called Chappelle Show. But I mean, you don't have that anymore. But... Right. Aren't you making people angry with Netflix specials? Yeah. Like... <laughs> what are you doing here? We have Steve Buscemi here as the, the Marietta Mangler. Yeah. Danny Trejo is Johnny 23 and MC Ganey is Swamp Thing. Man, that guy has some, some facial hair. Oh, yeah. That guy's got some facial hair. Yeah. I don't want it, but it has to be remarked upon. And then, Mike, it was very helpful. I didn't know this. Uh, this movie received two Oscar nominations uh, for Best Sound and Best Original Song for How Do I Live? <laughs> <laughs> the movie, which the song which opens and closes the movie, which I remember playing on like country radio because it's Trisha Yearwood. It's so beautiful. And I did not know until I saw this movie that this movie is the reason that we have that song. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but then, Mike, you also helpfully have pointed out here that this movie received two Razzie nominations. Worst Reckless Disregard for Human Life and Public Property. It did not win that one. It did. What did it lose to? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe Total Recall? I mean, or, I mean, uh, to, uh, Face Off? I mean, I guess they're pretty nice. Like, the majority of the movie takes place at, like, the abandoned building, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the abandoned airfield. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most of it's around, like, junk. Yeah. Um, it's only at the end Except where they, 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 they land on the strip or whatever. <laughs> random toddler running around. Yeah. Random toddler. Yep. Who's okay? Who's okay? Yes. I was She's very okay. happy to see that she was okay. But uh, I well, really why is was she, not looking Why is she having tea in an abandoned pool with this weird naked marionette? It's just, it, it, Dude, it really, you live in the desert? Whole scene. Pat, you know, you live in the desert. Like, you don't see kids playing in empty pools all the time? Not by their choice, but I mean. <laughs> parents, parents have had enough and they're just sending them out into the desert to fend for themselves <laughs> you will live as a feral creature out find shade um, that's my advice to you yeah um, but you, it did win the Razzie for it, worst original song ever for how do I live how do I live uh, without you that's a good I don't understand that that's a good song it is a good it song it has no place being in this movie but it's I, a good song I just no. love that it was both nominated for an Oscar mm. and won a, a Razzie at the same time. I think the Razzies do that on purpose yeah. to drive like viewership because yeah. otherwise like who gives a shit about the Razzies? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of do like a tiny bit just because I, it's nice to shit on things that are bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's not bad though, is this song. This song is good. So basically we got the premise of the, the con air is happening. We got all the convicts on the plane. They're, they're being flown to different places and they're going to drop Nick Cage off because he killed a man in a bar fight over his lady, and he, he's, he's done with his prison time, right? Right. So, so he's going home. That's right. It's July 
14th, right? Her His birthday is birthday. July 14th. <laughs> yeah. And that that is this this whole opening is this your favorite scene, Mike? Uh no, no, the ending is Oh, the ending the, credits. Yeah, the ending credits. Oh, are my favorite scene. Okay. Sorry. Well, t- tell yeah. me tell me about those. Uh, why, why don't you do yours first? Because okay. that will maybe uh, put mine in perspective. Interesting. Or something. Okay. Yeah. So I my favorite is the my favorite scene is the introduction of all the inmates by uh, a very cool John Cusack um, in his sandals and suit. <laughs> <laughs> the suit, like that was a cool suit back then, right? It was a cool suit That's back horrible. then. Horrible. It has aged off. <laughs> it is. He is such a small person in this suit that is looks like a box. It's like a double X large. Yes. And he's like a medium. And he's swimming in this suit in the desert, <laughs> running around in his, in his sandals. <laughs> it's white. And it's white. Yeah. Um, no. So this, this introduction to the inmates is fantastic. Uh, it's like a little two minute scene where he just reads off who these people are, how bad they are, and just lets you know that this plane is like the most dangerous place on earth. Right. It lets you know that here's Cyrus the virus who spent like more time in prison than out. He's killed 11 inmates. He's escaped twice, but he's also like earned two doctorates. <laughs> so, you know, he's crazy and very smart. Um, and then it introduces like Billy Bedlam who catches his wife with another guy. He doesn't touch her, but he drives to her family's house four towns over and kills everyone, including her dog. <laughs> then we have a, a, like a weird, like passive aggressive, almost racist line about Diamond Dog Jones, Finn yeah. Rames' character. Yeah. Where he like writes this manifesto and then it gets optioned for a movie, Denzel's and talks to play it. And it's like this really offhand, like, but it's pretty, it's a pretty racist thing to say. And it's like, oh, okay. I don't know what's we're doing. Moving on. Pinball. <laughs> it's it's an arsonist and a pickpocket, because those are two things that go together, I guess, <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> um, then we have Johnny 23, who like props to Danny Trejo for playing the most despicable guy yeah. in this group of guys, right? Um, he's a monster. And uh, when he was introduced, I was like, ooh, can't wait till that guy dies. Yeah. <laughs> I want that guy dead so bad. <laughs> and then finally, we have MC Ganey as Swamp Thing. Uh, I guess he's like a hick, a hick kind of guy. Yeah, he flew know. drugs. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, he's like yeah. a smuggler. Oh, I, yeah, he smuggled drugs. I yeah. like the transponder scene where they keep talking about the transponder and then yeah. he picks up the thing that's labeled transponder <laughs> and then you see him disconnecting the transponder and then he's like splicing the wires together that were from the transponder. Yeah. I really appreciate they kept being like, did you see this? This is a transponder. Did, did you see it? Did you see how he's disconnecting it? I was like, oh, thank you, movie. Thank you so much. <laughs> but the final guy that's revealed later on is Steve Buscemi as as Garland Green. Um, just, a, just a serial killer, I guess. Just yeah. like a run-of-the-mill kind of serial killer. One time he drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. Wearing her face as a hat. No, it was, it was her head. It was her head? It was her head. It was her head. It was her head. Which her I was, head is a hat. so was, is it a, is it a convertible? <laughs> just, I just want to know the math. <laughs> I think it was her face. No, it he says head. head. Head? It was her head. He says yes. head. Yeah, no. As a hat. I was thought it was going to be a hat. mask, like wearing her head <laughs> no, as a he's mask. Like, he's got neck stump on top of head, <laughs> <laughs> like a helmet. 
I'm really glad that you also were like very interested in the logistics of that because well, I he said understand. he did it. Yeah. So I was like, how does he do it? Like, there's another line too. I was also thinking the same thing where uh, John Malkovich is like, the last thing that you'll see is the wings of the flies buzzing over your rotting corpse. <laughs> and I was like, why would you see that? Your corpse is rotting. Why are you looking at flies wing? What the fuck are you saying? <laughs> Like, how are you killing this person? <laughs> Give him what a is, break. He's what, clinically what? insane. Come on. <laughs> it's true. He They're is in a, a very stressful situation. Like, sometimes... But look, a man who is a legend of penal lore should be able to think out his threats, you know? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Also, penal. <laughs> I'm going to be cutting that, but it made me laugh. Oh, <laughs> well, my favorite scene is the credits. Mm. Um, and I love the credits of this movie. They, okay, so originally I thought you meant opening credits. Yeah. That's like where the whole setup of the story happens. Yeah, sorry, the end credits. Right. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about the setup of the story? No. First? Okay. I don't know. I mean, I mean, we kind of talked about it, yeah. right? Like it's a bunch of cons, cons in the air. They're, they're in the air. <laughs> what if cons we put a bunch air. of convicts in the air? <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 like, it's like Die Hard on a plane. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but better. Con air, Die Harder. Yeah, Connor died. Um, no, but so the end credits of this movie are fantastic. They're some of the best end credits of any movie I've ever seen because we've got this incredible montage of each of these wonderful uh, these wonderful people that we spent the last two hours with, right? Smiling. Yeah, we've got uh, Johnny Twenty Three smiling. Yep, we've got Cyrus the Virus smiling. We've got uh, we've got uh, Diamond Dog smiling. Everyone's just like really happy and it leaves you feeling great and then you're kind of thinking this is a weird ending for a movie <laughs> that is about how uh, killing off all of these horrible people who are really horrible right and that's just like it, i feel like it really epitomized what this movie was mm -hmm. in a lot of ways this joyful um, artistic ridiculous Artistic expression. Movement of the soul <laughs> yeah. to the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pat's really trying to hold it in. He's doing a good job. This is, this, I, I just love Mike's take on the end. That was not my, <laughs> but it, it is a beautiful and very, very positive take on the end credits. I was sitting there just like, okay, it's their pictures, but this, I love how, how much this hit home for Mike. This is just brought him so much joy. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. It's so like this. This was hilarious. It was a hilarious choice to make, and and I love it. Is is uh, how do I live still playing? I think so. Yeah, Very good. Yeah. yeah, it's like we're saying it. Like it's like a a Broadway show. Everyone comes out for the last bow. Yeah. you know they're waving and we're we're applauding. You know, brava, brava. <laughs> Cyrus the virus, a role for the ages. It's amazing. Good for you, man. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just like. I don't know, watching this movie, part of why I loved it, it seemed like every single person in this movie was having the time of their lives. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. And, and like, okay, obviously, this isn't actually the best movie ever made. Oh, no. I don't actually think that. Yeah. But part of what makes it so much fun is just how much fun everybody's having. Like, everyone's just going full tilt on this movie. Yeah. And just going all the way into the ridiculous lines like the worst lines that you could put in a movie as many as possible you know it's it's just and then and, and yelled it like yelled at top <laughs> volume right yeah. like the interactions between cole meany as the dea agent 
and and uh, John Cusack. <laughs> he's such a dick, yeah. like for no reason. Like any time that he could just be a jerk, he's like, how do I triple down on that? Like, I'm going to make fun of him and also be like, and your penis is tiny. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm in the park, in the disabled parking lot. Yeah, with my with my convertible. Yeah. Every Anytime the movie can do anything, it does it at 11. Yeah. Right? And every interaction is just all the way up. It's incredible. It's incredible. Pat, what was your favorite uh, favorite scene in the movie? Oh, put the bunny in the box. Put the bunny in the box. <laughs> that whole scene where... It, where Poe and uh, Billy Dunlum, or however the heck you say his name, Bedlam, 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 fighting like they're walking over to each other like overgrown apes because they're on crawl space. Like, I'm gonna kill you as soon as I can make it over there. And then they're somehow throwing each other in a space where they can't stand up, and he like they're his boot just happens to get caught on the right piping so that he can finally kill Billy. And the ending line is just, there's so many good one-liners in here. I want to watch this movie again because there's so many wonderful one-liners. Just like, <laughs> why couldn't you put the bunny in the box? That's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you just killed a guy and you just fought in a crawl space half your size. Yeah, it's just, let's, let's contemplate this bunny of yours. I love that 90s style of action movie fighting too, where we haven't like, Kung Fu hasn't fully made its way over into in, like over into movie fighting. So we don't have the martial arts. It's like, it's a lot of like single punches, single kicks, and then throws. It's just a lot of like grabbing, punch, throw, grab, judo. punch, throw. It's judo. <laughs> Not really. Cause it's the same throws over and over. <laughs> you know, it's like I grab your lapels and then I bang you off a wall. We got like that really long <laughs> shot, that wide angle shot where we've seen them do it. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's, you're right. check, it's, it's like a checklist. It's it's such a funny fight scene. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. I was laughing it's like, really hard. It's like, do you remember that fight you got in with your brother over the towel in your room? Okay, so just reiterate that one again. Uh, it's, it's just same kind of punches, same kind of throws. You can even I don't care what you say. Just you guys, just, you guys just got to move. Yeah, move around. Be exciting. Yeah, and and we have to make this last for four or five minutes. And at the end, that pipe's going through your chest. Okay. <laughs> Good. We all good here? We all good. <laughs> I, I love that scene too. And it made me also think of all like from last year, we, we talked about nobody with Bob Odenkirk, you know, give me back the damn kitty cat bracelet. Yeah. Or John Wick, you know, th that dog was a gift from my dying wife. Like there's always like a small thing that the tough guy has to care about that the villain has to fuck with. Yeah. That he has to be like, don't you dare touch that blank blank that I got from blank blank. The guy's like, oh, you mean this thing? He's like, oh, you did it now. He's going to kill you because you touched it. You're like, this is kind of an overreaction. I just love how even after Billy messes with the thing, like they had to get John Malkovich holding a gun to the bunny. Don't move or the bunny gets it. Oh, please, no. <laughs> they went there. Not the they bunny. absolutely went there. <laughs> and I like when he finally gives the bunny to the girl and it's like soaking wet and dirty and she's looking at it like, I don't want this. <laughs> He's like, but I bent over backwards to get it to you. I fought through hell. <laughs> and the mom's like, say thank you, honey. Like, your dad is a crazy person. <laughs> your dad is covered in blood and might kill us. <laughs> give, give, give the guy credit. He tried to clean it off on his blood splattered shit. <laughs> he gives us like he a little rub. He, he rubbed it in the sewer, you know, like to make sure. <laughs> Just spit on it, make sure it's nice and shiny. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Oh, man. 
All right. Uh, let, let's get into some questions here. Uh, kind of talking about, about all this. Like, my question is, what about this movie is so fun? And and by that, I don't mean like, oh, it's because the lines are bad because of this, because of that. I don't mean that. I, I mean, like, we used to have movies like this often. They were everywhere. We get them all the time. And we don't really seem to have that anymore. Yeah. And, you know, Netflix comes out and it's like Red Notice starring The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. You're like, but that's not fun. That's not fun like this is fun. Why is this fun? But stuff like that is not fun. Not what happened in the culture, but why is this such a good time? I don't know. This doesn't have to. There's not an answer for this. This is just like kind of an open ended one. Yeah, no, um, it's a good question. I love it. My first impression is just like the only way I can describe it is like sincere cheesiness. Like there, there is obviously some people are put, putting their hearts into this work that they're doing and it's just coming across so cheesy. It's just so tacky, but it's, it's almost like when you're, it's almost like when your toddler is trying to, is trying to like draw your picture. It's, you can see so much effort going into it. And it's just like, yes, I have five eyes. I guess, but then, <laughs> I don't, oh no, I, I don't know if I'm being clear at all. Do you guys get where I'm going with this? I think I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I I think I mean, it feels like these movies. There was a sincerity to the bringing, like bringing the ridiculous dial up to eleven vibe to these movies, and even like the Batman movies and stuff. Like these are movies where the actors are saying, like, you know what, this is ridiculous. And we should make it ridiculous. Like that's this, and this will be fun. And uh, with something like Red Notice, the content that we have pushed out, I don't think there's that sense. I don't get that sense. It's not fun. It doesn't feel fun. It yeah. doesn't feel like I am meant to. I'm meant to think that this is cool. Yeah. yeah. And that, no, that's a good way when, to put it. When someone yeah. makes me think that something's cool, then I don't think it's cool. Right? Like you're trying too hard. I think. Like the only person I think that's still doing stuff like this, I mean, it's it's Michael Bay. You know, he's still working, yeah. and he has his his roots back in in this time. And like Six Underground is the closest to something like Conair I've seen in a really long time. Um, and I can't wait to see Ambulance uh, in a couple weeks when that finally comes out. That's gonna be <laughs> rad. What if there was a bank heist and they got away in an ambulance and well, everyone yeah. was after them? You know, this might be the year of it, though, because we also got Moonfall. And Moonfall. That's Moonfall. Right, Moon falls yeah. on the earth. Yeah. But yeah, I think there is something to that about sincere effort at at at, at fun, at, at uh, a good time at the movies. And I, I kind of think that most movies aren't trying to have us enjoy them. I think that most movies are trying to just get us to revere them in some way. Like the attitude it's, it's yeah. asking us to have is different. And and I don't know when that stopped or, or why, but uh, I feel I feel pushed to not have fun anymore. Uh, to be a part, they're all trying to make a, a Marvel type cinematic universe. Yeah. And they're all trying to make you part of the tribe that's like, oh, we're the we're the red notice people or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But we're I, the family. I just I miss I miss the good time. <laughs> I miss I miss being able to go to the to the movies and walk away from the movies, right? Yeah. What did I see? Well, I saw a movie. It, this feels like playing pretend. Like when you were yeah. a kid and you would run around in the backyard and you just like pretend stuff. And like in my imagination, stuff was blowing up like this, yeah. right? Like oh, people sure. were dying this way, and none of it really mattered, you know. And and it feels like that here. Like none of it really matters, but but it's 
fun. It's a good time. We're kind of using our imaginations. Like it's not, I don't know. That's not, that's not what we're getting now. Yeah. It seems, like. I mean, it seems I don't like know. It's, it's like very spelled out for us. Right. Yeah. It feels very laid out. Like in this day and age, if you, if you came out with Con Air, it would be coming out with like a, um, guess what? Here's the Cyrus, the virus prequel TV show. That's going to be hitting Netflix <laughs> on the same day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to, we're going to sell this, but instead we get the wonderful, like you're saying the era of imagination where we're told he does all this stuff, but that just sort of like stokes our interest in seeing what evil chicanery he's going to get into. Cause we're told that he's bad, but how is he going to show us he's bad, you know? And that, that's, what's really fun. Cause we have this expectation and it's really paid off though. It's not like, and then, it's not like we got the show and it's like October 7th, 1990. And then it like shows like his first murder, you know, and that, that's when I knew I was the virus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this is a question I wanted to ask yeah. you, that I was uh, thinking of when I was watching the movie. No, I was thinking of it too. Yeah. Like this isn't, I, I can't imagine this coming out today, but who knows? I mean, maybe Moonfall is going to be the Con Air of 2022. I think it's going to be ambulance. I think it's going to be ambulance. ambulance. It's going to be ambulance. That movie looks way too serious, man. No, it looks really serious. I think it's so it's so goofy. Yeah, like this movie is is kind of funny, right? Okay, Nicolas Cage literally winks at the camera in this movie. Yes, he does. It's incredible. It's so. When did he he wink at the camera? I missed. In one of the one of the times when his hair is blowing back in the wind and he's just like a phoenix. It's it's when Diamond Dog is going to kill the, the the cops. And then he talks Cyrus, then Nick Cage talks Cyrus the virus into telling him to stop. And then, because Diamond oh, Dog really wanted to kill yep. the cops, right? Yep. And then he's yep. like. Yes, I, I remember <laughs> this now. I remember this now. I hope that wink was audible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Mike, this is the podcast, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, what what is your question? Um, is Cameron Poe the dad we all want to be? Uh, he moves heaven and earth for his family. Did get put in prison because he he really could have just gotten in that car. That's true. Yeah. And that probably would have been okay. It's true. She could have just quit her job yeah, and yeah, got but, a new gig. Okay. okay. Like, okay. Kind of seems like kind of seems like he shit his own bed. Like <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. That's a good point. Do you want to be Cameron Poe, Pat? Honestly, I, I, I got to say the guy's got some good points insofar as like he, he does, he cares about other people and he does think about just like, what's my daughter going to think about me if I left, some, if I left a man behind. But I, 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 I was thinking the same thing that Vito just pointed out. Just like he could have gotten in the car very, I, I was actually, as I was watching, it's like, you, you freaking idiot, but they're so far away. Just get in the car. Just go and if he steps away, away from the car you from into, the, into the middle of all three of them and like searching around the, oh no what's happening you did this uh, <laughs> and then prevented all of this from happening and then his, his lawyer's just like okay just plead guilty you'll get four years you'll get to be able to see your family sooner i will not plead. you're gonna you're gonna be away from your daughter for 10 years as as opposed to four because of your pride uh, so i i i gotta say i I, I I don't I don't think he's the yeah, greatest. Yeah, dad. yeah, also, yeah. Also, yeah. Like, I'm gonna be like I'm gonna I'm gonna moat not reason here. Um, oh. uh, haven't we all like made like one mistake early on in the day early days of our our marriages or being a, a parent or whatever? 
I'm no. like, then no, no, okay. <laughs> no. All right, all right. Well, you know, maybe just me. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But it's like, oh, you know, I learned from that, and uh, and and rather than deciding to have this define my life going forward or whatever, like, I, uh, this, this is sounding more serious than I intended to be. Like, instead of that, he's like, no, I'm not going to be involved in prison riots. I'm make friends with a good guy, Baby O. You know, like he's a good guy. He believes in Jesus, and like he has ever, diabetes. Do we ever figure out why he's in prison? Why is he? Why is he on the maximum security wing? I don't know. No idea. Because we we yeah. totally just buy into this guy just because he's he's diabetic. Like <laughs> we're just all in his corner because he's diabetic. Yeah, he believes in Jesus too. You know, like like he's a good guy. I get. What did he do? He's like, his name, he's a his name's Baby O. How are you gonna How are you gonna shit on a guy named Baby O? Did he kill babies? Why is he in maximum <laughs> prison? Like, why is he on Con Air? You know, that's a good point. I never thought I just, of that. Just, I'm just wondering because, like, look, Nick Cage. It makes sense, and honestly, he should have pled guilty yeah. because, like, he, he yeah, yeah. He killed that guy. Well, he did plead guilty, but the the judge threw the book at him. But because... he wasn't going to, and then he's like, yeah, yeah. And the judge just because he is an army ranger, and he uh, his whole body is a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but see, there's two lessons that he learned there. One, he can't be the man he used to be until he has to be. Mm. And two, he has to stick by his principles because he didn't stick by his principles. He pled guilty to a crime he didn't commit and ended up in prison longer. Mm. So there's two important lessons learned that define his actions for the rest of the movie. That's why he stays on the plane to take care of his brother and had to take and to take down the other convicts. Right. So... You know, like, like that's, those are important lessons that I feel like we all learn. You know, you know what in I, our lives, you know, it sounds like you're saying is it's good to have principles. And in that way, we should be like, Cameron <laughs> Paul. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing you say. But then all the obstacles in our lives are like Cyrus, the virus that we're oh, okay. just taken down. We're, we're killing in three different ways. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> On the Las Vegas strip. <laughs> it's really hardcore how much they kill him. And like that. The way he actually dies. How did he? Beautiful. How did he so conveniently have put his head in the thing? Like, ah! <laughs> you know what, Mike? In that way, you are correct. We all want to be like that. Yeah. In that it's way, like, it's like we all want to be Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Like that's the thing. Like this is, if if we didn't want to be Cameron Poe, mm -hmm. then this wouldn't be a good action movie. And it is a good action movie. Yes, Pat. it is. Yes, it is. It, it is. is. It, it is an entertaining action movie. I, 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 I hesitate to use the word good. I don't really know Ooh. what else you want from an action movie. <laughs> Stuff uh, blows up, people die. <laughs> less Alabama accents. That's... Ah! Uh, <laughs> um, 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 was, was it necessary for him to have the Alabama accent? Couldn't he have just been like... No, no, no. I just, I just want to say this. Alabama? <laughs> I just want to say this for any Alabama listeners. I am not mocking your accent. I am mocking whatever it is that Nick Cage is doing when he says is your accent. What Nicolas Cage does is a mockery of yes, it is. the Alabama yes. accent. Yes. He's making fun of you if you're from there. Um, all right. Pat. Do you have a question for us? Uh, yes. This is what I was wondering the whole time I was watching this. It's just like, was Nicolas Cage really Hollywood's best attempt at a former army ranger? It's just like, I, 
because I'm thinking like Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis, um, even Tim, T even Tim Allen, I think might have been more believable as an <laughs> army ranger. And, and, and my my idea of an army ranger might be a little tainted because of watching like uh, the the A Team with uh, with Liam Neeson and also watching uh, Bones, who let, um, the guy Sealy Booth, he's an ex army ranger. Right. Like they're they're all like big guys. They're all like big guys, and you know uh, they all have hairlines. <laughs> this, I mean, I, I think that's so, just like he, that's just genetic, so dude. You can't you can't hold no, no, his no, hairline I know, against I know. him. I, I, I love I, I love crapping on his hairline in this movie <laughs> just because like his hair looked just fine at the beginning, and then like the director was just like, no, we need it longer. We need to <laughs> we need to put this on display, shine a bright light up, polish that. It's just <laughs> that's polish that widow's we peak. We are going we to make like this a man more waxer. <laughs> we are going to make this man beautiful, and how are we going to do it? Longer hair. That's right. <laughs> uh, so this question actually ties into the game I wanted to play. Uh, it's exactly the way Pat phrased the question. So the game this week, we said in Moonstruck that no one could play that role besides Nick Cage. All right, but. I want to ask, who could play this one, and is it a better movie? So to play this game, if you want to play, I need your top three choices to play Cameron Poe. And as the game master, I will tell you if you are right or wrong. Do you have three choices as well? I'm the game master. You, don't you didn't have to make a choice. <laughs> you asked me to make the game. If you want to do the game, then you can make your own rules. Right. Game master doesn't pick. All right. Patrick, I, I, since, it's your, since it's your question, I want you to go first. Admittedly, I have one that I've actually thought through. Um, I I don't I don't have three full ones, uh, but Shia LaBeouf was the first person that I thought of who could oh, who could pull this off. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. And that's like to get like the same kind of like feel that this movie has, where it's just like he's he, it, if I squint, he could be an action hero. But and still have like that sincere cheesiness. Like Shia LaBeouf tries so hard in every one of his roles, and some of them fall flat. But he, I, I think he could have like been like an alternative Nicolas Cage kind of character. If we were talking about some like trying to make this movie more serious, which I don't, it's perfectly entertaining as it is. I think that I think I'd choose somebody else. That's interesting. That's interesting. So so in the remake of Con Air, I would I would have to say I would agree with that. That would work. He can yeah, do it. That's amazing. I, he was the first person that came to my mind as well. We are so, despite our so varying much. takes on, on how wonderful this best movie ever made is. Oh, um, sweet Lord. Um, we're so simpatico. That's really right. good. That's, that's really amazing. Good. Okay. That was the first one I thought of. Uh, uh, What's the second one? Okay. But okay. Here's a question though. So remember him in Fury? Like, yes. I feel like Fury was Shia, Shia LaBeouf trying to go sort of action, more action, sort of <clears throat> typical standard. Well, he's already action done action movie. movies, though. Yeah, like so. Eagle okay. Eye. What, 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 yeah, like Eagle, Eagle Eye. Eye. Okay. And all the Transformers movies also. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That, I'd hesitate <laughs> right. to call him like an action hero there. He just kind of like runs around by and the, hope, Bumblebee, the third hope one. Bumblebee helps him. By the third one, he's he's doing stuff. Um, no, I'll never remember they were, the third one. Okay, they were setting him up. <laughs> they were trying to set him up to be an action guy, and then he kind of and well, he insulted some people that that he shouldn't have, and um, I think it, Spielberg was really trying to help him out, and, and he really spurned uh, a lot of the help that Spielberg was trying to give him, and he wanted to like do his own thing. So I, I feel like everything after everything post 
the Transformers is him like riffing on what he's done in the past, but just trying to do it like his way. So theory, right? It's an action movie, but it's a war movie. And he is conspicuously kind of a second ringer, right? Like he's, right. he's like, what is he? Is he the viewfinder or is he loading the gun? He's loading the gun, right? Yeah, he's loading the yeah, gun. Yeah, he loads the gun. And yeah, a very kind of, it's really weird that he chose that one. You know, the least action of all the roles, right? He's not, he's just putting a thing in a tube, right? But I think he's got this like unhinged fury and like sad brokenness. He could definitely play Cameron Poe. He has the most yeah. brutal scene in Fury where he curb stomps somebody because he loses his gun. Like, yeah, right. And I, I, I thought that stood out a lot in the movie. Have you guys done one on Fury? We have not. We it's come up many times though. Yeah. Yeah. We will do it sometime. I just watched that like last year, maybe the year before. I don't know if I like could say I thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't like a good time, you know? I had a pretty I, good time. But it I, was I, it was a very I, good movie. I just love the mix of characters in that movie. Yeah. Also the fact that like they're all in this tight space and it's exactly what I imagine would happen when you're stuck in a tank with the same five guys forever. They just shit on each other the entire time, but they also got each other's back. And then like this new clean shaven recruit. Cause I'm just like, all right, we're going to put him through hell. That's just fine. Let's go. I also like that. It was Logan Lerman. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. Have you seen his face? Yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah. No, if you've seen, if you've seen any of uh, hunters, the Amazon, Amazon Prime. Original. Oh, I wanted to see that. I haven't watched that. No. Oh, it, oh it's so awful. Oh, it is so bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is so bad. I couldn't, I made it through, I made it three quarters of the way through the first episode and I had to turn it off. Nice. Awesome. Well, okay. I won't be checking that out either. But what, what, are, what are some of the other choices? I was curious. Another thought that, that I had was, um, I mean, this might be obvious, but, and it would be a pretty different movie, but Tom Cruise around the same time. No, Tom Cruise with the energy he brings to Magnolia. No, and uh, I yeah I know it's not really. I know I know really the, I know like the he instinct, doesn't have. I know the instinct is to replace Nick Cage with Tom Cruise because we tried that in Moonstruck too. Yeah, but they don't they don't have anything compatible with each other. I know it's just they they're both manic. They, they both have manic be. energy. They can be. Nick is Nicholas. Yes. Oh, I was gonna say I think Nicholas Cage plays manic very well, and he's just a nerd. And then there's Tom Cruise, <laughs> who is actually manic and can just act very well. I might believe that's, that too. That's uh, but a I good just, point. Yeah. Like Magnolia, I think is a, is an outlier. And you might be right. Like he, Tom Cruise, might be vibrating with a with a frequency, and he's learned to to, to control it and to like hyper focus. Um, whereas Nick Cage, when you watch interviews with him, he's like a really normal guy. Uh, there was a 20 minute interview I watched. I think it was for Esquire or something, where he's going over his roles, and he brought up Cameron Poe for Con Air, and he's like, I just he seemed like a really cool guy that I always wanted to play. He's like, I always wanted to be an army ranger. So that's why I chose that movie. <laughs> that's the most boring answer. Why did you do any of this stuff? And he's like, I don't know. I just doesn't seem good. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you have another one, Pat? Mm, uh, the, the other, the only other one I thought I could think of was Bruce Willis. Um, but I don't think it, I don't think it would have like the same energy at all. He just because he's so expressionless. Um, yeah. he's, he's the exact same person in every movie he has ever played mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes more or less asleep, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting paid slightly more. So I'm going to open my eyes for this one. This is right. <laughs> Can someone read me my line? Um, 
I do agree though. I think I think Shia LaBeouf is the best option. Now, I will have to say though, I still don't think that Shia LaBeouf could do Moonstruck. I don't think that works. It's too tender. I don't My, know. Mike's I'm thinking processing. about it. I think he might have it in it. I don't yeah. think he can do it. I think he's too. He's too. Uh, see, Nick Cage, he he never becomes the role. He's not happy enough of a person to play that role. Yeah. Yeah. But like Nick Nick Cage always seemed like pretty secure in himself, right? Like what Pat was saying, he plays yeah. this. He like he has this this incredible energy that he has to bring to stuff, but I think it's just like enthusiasm. Shia LaBeouf feels like someone who's been broken for a long time. And I don't know if he can play not broken, right? Yeah. And I get that the guy in Moonstruck is broken, but he's broken in like a in an in an operatic kind of way. In a very you know? fun way. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, really fun. And I don't think Shia LaBeouf is fun anymore. Yeah. I don't think he can be fun. Yeah. He's too sad. What about like Chris Evans? And like, this is, this is, yeah. th there's problems with it. Chris like, Evans he's can play this. too like standard good looking or whatever. I mean, I think, I think they were trying to market. I mean, this is Nick Cage and John Cusack. These are two of the biggest stars of the nineties yeah. that were obviously seen as, as good looking. I guess that's true. Um, so I mean, that wife theater. I, I mean, <laughs> that yeah. hair. the hair, I think Chris <laughs> Evans could do this. I think you're right. That also works for me. It'll be interesting. I'd like to see him do something like this mm -hmm. because he, it seems like all he's done other than Captain America has just been kind of a dick. Like Knives all out. of his roles has just Knives been out. him being yep. a dick. Because um, he's got that punchable ass face. Yeah. You know? Like I feel like it. if he hadn't like been Captain fun. America, he'd been he would have been the bad guy in the boys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Oh, that would have worked so well. What we have lost. Um, I do like you have this. anyone? Uh, no. No one. I, I specifically okay. just didn't pick anyone because I wanted to be completely open. But is to there anyone ideas. that you're like, ah, you know, here's here's like a dark horse candidate at the like. It, it just depends on like if we're doing dream casting or if we're doing like at the time. Anyone could have done this role at the time. Any of our '90s action stars yeah. could have done this role. What Nick Cage brought to it is, I think, what makes this movie memorable and why we don't forget it. Yeah. Right? Is between him and Malkovich, they are both at a hundred percent. Yeah. And they're both doing stuff that no one else could do. Like, I think the harder thing would be to try and swap out someone for Malkovich because he's so weird. Yes. Yeah. Also, um, no one else is going to enunciate their every syllable like John Malkovich will in every one of his roles. It, it, absolutely. it really impresses me how much he enunciates everything he says. Remember that scene in Rounders? He's like, I will splash the pot whenever the I please. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh man. Well, good job, guys. This was this was fun. That that went better than I could have even expected. I I kind of thought that we might just kind of end up on on some different levels, but I love that you guys independently did Shia, and that I think that's the right choice. I think that's amazing. Yeah. This is well done, Mike. Someone needs to give him a great call. minds. Shia, like. <laughs> You, you, and also a uh, past guest, Isaac, will be very happy to hear this. <laughs> very happy to hear this. All right, then. I guess we're just going to wrap up. Is this you know, a dad movie? I, I I would say yes. Now, granted, I don't remember what you guys usually say. For it's up like, to you. It's up to you. Yeah. For me? Okay, yeah, then yeah. I would say that this is absolutely a dad movie because for this reason. I, I could very easily on a Friday night uh, when I just want to sit back, relax, have a beer and be entertained. I could watch this. And also if my kids happen to 
walk into the room, it's going to be just fine for like five minutes. I don't want them watching any more than like five minutes of whatever's on there. <laughs> <laughs> Especially anything with Danny Trejo. It's just that's that's going to go off. But yeah. I, I, I um, think as, as far as action movies go, I think it's um, not as, quite as jarring as some others. So I think like, kids could actually sit on my lap for a little bit and then take off. Yeah, that that's that's a good note because like something even something like Die Hard is is much bloodier than this. Like this is violent. But I think the body count is higher here, right? But it's it's not as focused on. Yeah, you know, like it it, it kind of comes and goes. Like I think it's the a most cops graphic and robbers game. It's not. Yeah, it's the most not, graphic yeah. death is pinball, right? Yeah, and that's after he's already awesome. dead. <laughs> that that, that oh, Danny Trejo's arm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I mean, like you don't you don't see like the severed stump or anything. It's just his. No. I was actually confused the first time I watched this. Like, Wait a minute. So is is he still? The, did they just like put him on the floor? I, I'm I'm so confused. Yeah. Uh, why is the arm still there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, how how are they still able to read the note on pinball after he dropped from like five miles out of the sky? <laughs> well, didn't you <laughs> see he was liquid? He was completely <laughs> intact. Yeah, <laughs> he was completely into, he was, that, guy, that guy's made of stone, you know? Yeah, and like a white shirt. It's just still white, nice black lettering. It's just like, yes, okay. We're, yeah. we're going to do away with the physics of it all. It's just, and, and for that reason, just like if the, if this movie had come out like today, like they, they would have take, like there would have been blood everywhere. everywhere. Somebody would have been picking brain out of their teeth. It's just... <laughs> And this movie doesn't do that. It's it's not it's not like a, a gore fest. No, like the bloodiest thing I can really remember is is when uh, Malkovich is taking over the plane at the beginning, and he shoots those two guys that are the prisoners that are sitting right, and you see like the big hole punch through them. Yeah, like that's that's I thought like the goriest thing that I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, with that though, I mean, with you saying the kids coming in now, it's fine. Um, would you show this to your kids and when? I would show this. I, I would be fine showing this to them at like thirteen. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it's like you turn thirteen, it. you're in the teen years. Okay, this is your graduation into the teen years. I love it. I love it. How about you, Mike? Is this a dad movie? When and would? This is absolutely a dad movie. I will show it to my kids. I will actively show it to my kids. I'll be like, guys, <laughs> you are. We're gonna sit down and watch the greatest movie ever made today. Um, and... Just like last week, Dad. <laughs> Just like last. <laughs> no, but this one really is. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not hyperbolic ever. And see, the thing is, you've got boys, right? Like boys yeah. on. So two, two boys, right? Right. Two right boys, and then I got two my boys. little girl. Right. So I'm the reverse. I've got two girls and then a boy. And I feel like if uh, if they were boys, like 13, yeah, for sure. I don't know if my girls are going to be very interested in seeing this. They might be kind of they're... bored. Yeah, well, I, they might be like, all right, Dad, like, that's interesting. Can we watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants now? Right. Um... <laughs> that's a possibility. Let's hope not, but yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, or Princess Diaries, which we've talked about let's, before. Let's hope well. it's that. I, it will be. But uh, but when when he gets around thirteen, like I think that's when I'm gonna gather the family around to watch this movie. Very good. I think that'll hit the right ages, and that's very specific for my family and like my projections into the future about ten years. Yeah. 
So that could change drastically. <laughs> well, actually, it's going to be like, it's projecting like 13 years. It's, yeah, yeah, that's true. You're really good at math. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Don't look at my high school transcripts. Um, this is exactly the sort of movie. Uh, there, was a, there was some friends uh, when I was growing up and I would go over to their, their place sometimes and they had like, um, it was like a big garage, kind of like a big barn kind of thing, but it was furnished and it just had like cement floors and we get kind of cold in there, but there was a, a projector and we'd go over and watch movies. And that's how I first saw stuff like Ocean's Eleven and Ghostbusters and stuff like this is we just watch it on the projector, like all of us piled up on couches. And it, this is exactly the sort of movie that we would watch there. It's yeah. exactly like a group of friends, all you know, some of them older, some of them younger, but it's a late Friday night and everyone's kicking back. You're in high school and you'd watch Con Air and then you would all memorize the lines and then you just save them to each other for years. Right. And this is that sort of movie. So it's definitely a dad movie for me. I will show this to my kids, but I actually will not go out of my way to do that with this. I think that. I think that this one, at least for me, I. I kind of. I. I kind of hope that they encounter it somewhere else, honestly. I kind of want them to come and tell me huh. about it. And then I tell them I really like it. Yeah. Because I, I hold a lot of stuff really near and dear to me about this. But a lot of that's really like specific to me growing up. And I don't feel like I can share that with them through this movie. So, yeah, I, I don't think I will show it to them, honestly. If they want to, cool. If they find it and they want to talk to me about it, cool. But for me as a solo, you know, this is a solo dad movie for me. Yeah, this is something I'll just watch in my basement, you know, over the years. Yeah, I can't wait until I'm in my 60s and people are like, oh, dad's watching that old movie again. I'm like, old movie, shut up. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. This is definitely like a like a teenage guy sleepover movie. You and know? like, well, no, I, I even saw it. Like there was, there was girls there too. Like yeah. it was it was a big, like a party yeah. to watch a movie. Oh. And everyone just wanted to have a good time. Like you're saying with, with, with your wife, like she just connected to it. It's, it's a movie that you just can connect to. Yeah. It's not hard. It's like Ocean's Eleven because it's so fun and engaging. It just grabs you, right? Yeah. And and that's what you want. It's a crowd pleaser. It's yeah. like the definition of a crowd pleaser. And it's fun for everyone. There's something here for everyone. Fun for the whole family. It kind of is. It kind of is. It's got rapists, drug smugglers, uh, they Cyrus all the Virus. Get killed. And a ranger. <laughs> the, the good guy vanquishes the bad guys. Guess I'm going to go save the... Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you God I'm... does exist. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a ranger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> oh, man. That's awesome. Hey, it's a dad movie. It's we a have dad a unanimous yes, dad, movie. A dad movie. Into the dad canon it goes. I'm happy this exciting. too. And I'm happy uh, that we're, 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 we're getting over. We've, we've now touched Cage at the height of his popularity. And it'll be very strange next week when we come back to do Joe, a movie that takes place uh, like some 15 years in the future for Nick Cage. <sighs> See what that's like. Um, but until then, uh, Pat, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's good to see you. Yeah, you it's too. Great to have you, man. And uh, for all of us at Not Your Father's Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Pat. Good night.